a friendly critic has suggested that it's all very well to talk about Gregory Chaitin's Omega number, but most people have no idea what it is. So please could I explain? To which the answer is, well, I will try, but it's not all that easy. Let me see how to begin. I think most people know that there are such things as numbers that go on forever. Uh, The famous number pi is an example, 3.141, whatever. Uh, The square root of 2, 1.414, etc., is another. But there are infinitely many of them. So if you want to write down the true value of pi in the normal uh, digital notation, you simply can't. It, It goes on forever. It never stops. It never repeats. And it would exhaust all the resources of the universe and then still be running if we were to try. However, if we calculate pi or if we calculate the square root of 2, either of them, or any of the others, the square root of 3, 5, 6, 7, 11, whatever, we will always get an infinite number, infinitely long number, and we will always get exactly the same one. Now, if I don't want to go into details, I'm sure you don't want me to either, but if, if you try and calculate these numbers, then you usually use a series. In other words, you calculate something where you calculate the first term and the second term and the third term. And the the series value gradually moves towards the true value. So that if you, for example, have used two or three terms of the series, you might get pi to two decimal places. If you've used 10, you might get it to three. If you use 20, you might get it to four. And you go on and on and on. And the reason why things change is, of course, because of things like carries. If you if you add 1 to 99, you get a carry that produces a change in the hundredth place, in the third digit. And the same thing happens with infinite series, that later terms create changes that affect earlier terms. But in the case of pi and root 2, these things are reasonably regular and even controlled. So that you can say quite easily that if you want to know pi to, let's say, 20 decimal places, there is, for a particular, using a particular series, you will need to take 100 terms or something. All right, so... I hope the idea that you can have a sequence of numbers that represent another number and that they gradually move towards the true value the more terms you take is so far reasonably clear. In the case of Chaitin's omega, something very similar happens, but there are two, well at least two, very important differences. We know how to calculate pi and we know how to calculate the square root of 2. Both of them can be done using relatively short programs that simply generate one one number after another by calculating the values of a particular series of terms. So you could say that both the square root of 2 and the value of pi 
are reducible to a relatively short program. So that even though their number is infinitely long, you can find it out just by running this very short program forever. One might think that everything is in that category, uh, and that is what turns out not to be so. The number that Chaitin understood or discovered is a number that doesn't allow itself to be calculated, as you might say, by a simple program. You can't use, and here, of course, I'm just being figurative, but suppose we could calculate pi using a program that was a thousand characters long. You might think, if given that pi is infinitely long, that's really quite a big saving. You, you only need a thousand digits to calculate something or characters to calculate something infinitely long. Same with root two. But in the case of omega, that's not true. You can't find a program that is shorter than the number itself. In other words, I'll come back to what omega is in a minute, but the, the idea that I'm getting at is that if you want to calculate omega, you actually need to use programs that get longer and longer and longer. And not only do you need to get pro, to use programs that get longer, but the, the number of terms that you need to take in order to be sure that you've got omega to a particular number of decimal places, or normally we'd write it in binary, but let's stick with, with decimals because it's more familiar. In order to get it to that number of decimal places, let's say 100, you might need to take 200 terms. But to get it to 200 places, you might need to take a 1,000 terms. And the point is that Chaitin showed that you can't calculate how many terms you need to take. So if you were, if, if the whole future of the human race and the universe were to depend upon calculating omega to 100 places, nobody knows how many terms you would need to calculate in order to be sure that that 100 the term was right. So that's the first thing. Well, in fact, it's really two things wrapped up because one of them is you don't know how many terms to take, but the other thing is that it's not compressible. In other words, you can't calculate it using something shorter than it is itself. It's like watching something in real time. Uh, we'd all love a program that would tell us what would win the Grand National but nobody's managed to devise one. You just have to watch the race. And although people have all kinds of theories, you know, about how you put your money on your the horse you want to back, nobody has a formula that says, oh, the predicting, the, the predictor for the Grand National is a program that is, let's say, 10,000 characters long. Uh, and if I put all the data in, it will tell me for sure who's going to win it. There is no such program. If there were, of course, Either the Grand National would stop running or bookies would go out of business or whatever it might be. But the point is that you can't compress some kinds of information. And the most obvious example, the most important example, is life itself. Uh, there have been enormous numbers of fraudulent attempts to say over the course of time, 
We can predict the future from religious prophecy to necromancy to reading crystal balls, palms, tarot cards and goodness knows what. They're all attempts to cheat the system, to say there is a way of knowing what's going to happen. And there is no way of knowing what's going to happen. You can start to see the connection with the sixth series of this unmaking sense thing. Nobody knows what's going on most of the time. So all these attempts, prophecy, crystal ball gazing, examining the entrails of sheep, they're all attempts to make us feel comfortable about the future because they purport to tell us about the future, but they're all fraudulent. Now, the exact, there is an exact analogy with these two examples, that with pi... I may not be able to tell you what the 10 billionth digit is, but I have got a formula that if it mattered enough would allow me to calculate it. What Omega says is, no, there isn't even a formula. And I think life itself is in that sort of category. Many people would like us to believe that they have a formula that will predict the future, Politicians, economists, some scientists and all sorts of other people, as well as fraudulent necromancers, crystal ball gazers, fortune tellers, tarot card readers, etc., etc. But of course they don't. Uh, We can feel momentarily reassured by their prophecies, but any statistical analysis will show that they're wrong in exact proportion to pure chance, because they have no idea any more than you or me. So, that's kind of the first two things wrapped into one, that you can't use a shorter program to calculate omega. That's the first bit. And you can't tell how many terms of omega you need before you know the first hundred terms. And that's another issue. Now, I could talk about omega all night, and I obviously don't want to, but I hope that gives you some flavor of it. There's one other important thing. In this respect, Omega is not unique, but the way it behaves is much more problematic than it is for a case of pi. If I want to know, let's say, pi to a 100 decimal places, I can do the calculation. And I can do a calculation that says to do it to that accuracy, I need, let's say, 200 terms of the series. So it will depend on the series, so there is no fixed answer to that. But if I do those calculations, I will get pi to 200 or 100 or whatever it might be, decimal places, for sure. Now, I will also get omega for sure, but I won't know how many terms to take. And there's another subtlety here, which is that because I can't possibly predict how many terms I need to take. I can't ever know the value of a particular bit. Now, how does one explain this? This is where it gets a little bit tricky. Most of us like to think there's a sort of intuition that if you have what you think is a fair coin and you toss it a thousand times, you'd expect to get roughly the even number of heads and tails, but you wouldn't get 
well, it's very unlikely that you would get exactly the even number, but it would be round about an even number. And a lot of us have an intuition that says, well, life, nature, the universe has a way of, in a sense, compensating. So if there have been a, this is a deficit of heads and a surface of, of tails at a particular moment, the universe will somehow contrive to restore the balance. This is an illusion. That is not what happens. And there are all kinds of mathematical theories about this, including the theory of what are called martingales, which we don't need to go into. But the point about omega, and this is very significant for our theme, is that knowing the first million terms of omega in ones and zeros, you always express it in binary, knowing the first million terms would tell you nothing about what the next term would be. In other words, the next term would, as far as you were concerned, be completely random. Now here I have to have a, a slight quibble, and I don't want to get technical about it, but it isn't random in the sense of being accidental, because if you were to run the calculation twice, you'd always get the same answer. So you can't really say it's accidental if you always get the same sequence. It's simply that if you've got to the millionth bit, you can't tell what the next bit is going to be in two senses. And this, I think, is uh, the point where this turns from just being an explanatory podcast into being something that perhaps has more pith in it. We like to think... Human beings like to think, science likes to think, that if you know enough about the past, you can predict the future. If we were smart enough to look at the world from the beginning of time until now, we think, we would be able to devise a law, a series of laws, what scientists nowadays are popularly calling a theory of everything, that would tell us what was going to happen next. This is exactly like the necromancer, crystal ball gazing, etc., etc. And what the omega number says, and what I believe, is nothing will tell us what's going to happen next. In other words, I don't believe that there is a law other than the way the universe actually behaves that will tell us what's going to happen next, even for a nanosecond, so that even if we were to analyse the first million bits of omega, or indeed anything else, including the history of the universe, we would never come up with a formula on a t-shirt or elsewhere, like the formula for pi, not like, in other words, we would not find a short formula, a simple algorithm, a simple programme, that we could run forever to generate all the digits. There just isn't one. And one of the reasons why there isn't one is because the universe is not compressible. It's not reducible. You can't summarize it in some terms that make it, as you might say, shorter than it is. Because if you could, then the prophets and the necromancers and the crystal ball gazers, etc., would have something in their favor. And they, to my mind, quite obviously don't. So all of this stands to support the view that nobody knows what's going on most of the time. If I look at the history of the world 
and say, because of the way it has been, I can predict what's going to happen next. I'm almost certainly either a fool or a fraud. Because if the universe is like Omega, what happens next can't be predicted. Now, I want to make a point here, and I'm sorry if it seems very technical. I actually disagree with Chaitin at this point. He thinks that what the next number is is random or accidental. But I don't see how you can reasonably say that it's random or accidental if running the same calculation twice will always generate the same sequence. We may not know what it is, but that's not the same thing as saying that it isn't something definite. Or, if you like, that running the program that generates the sequence a million times always generates the same sequence. You simply can't say that it's there randomly. It's only that for our purposes, we simply can't know it. So, the, the universe, some people think this, I, I again don't, but the universe could be construed, conceived, thought of as a huge computer program that is basically obeying some deep logical rules, algorithms or whatever that are determining where it's going next. But we can't know that because we're a part of it. We are relatively stupid in relation to it. And we might like to think with our mathematics and our science and everything else that we know what's going on and we can predict the future, but we can't. So nobody has any idea what's going on. All the sense that we are making of the world, all the sense we have ever made of the world has been just an attempt to make ourselves feel more comfortable in it, more at home in the universe. But things happen, stuff happens, change happens. Things come out of nowhere and although retrospectively we may think of all sorts of reasons why they happened, we haven't a hope of predicting them. And that's exactly as it is in the case of Omega. Although, as I say, I don't think that means that it's random or that it's accidental. I think it's just running according to a set of rules that we don't get. And if you think that makes me a determinist, you'd be wrong but that's a topic for another day. So I hope that this has at least given you some idea of what Omega is all about. I'm sorry it's been so long. I hope it's not been completely incomprehensible. But believe me, it's not that easy. Thank you for listening.